today i will want i want us to start a journey about the gospel the gospel there there's a lot of mixed messages about the gospel a lot of wrong confusing message about the gospel and as a result many believers don't even know what to believe many people do not even know why they are christians many people many people don't even know what they are doing many people don't know why they go to church many people don't know why they serve god because many people have many different perspectives as to what it means to be a believer what to be a child of god why to serve god why to walk with god and this confusion, this confusing messages, you know, is causing a lot of um, division in, in, in the body of Christ. Yet, there's only one message, only one gospel in the Bible. But people have added one thing or the other to what the Bible says. They formed a doctrine. Some people's uh, unique experiences, they've converted this to... Um, They've converted their experiences to a doctrine or to the way of life for a believer. And this is sad. And that's why we go to different churches and it seems like we hear different messages. Now, if you want to really experience a Christian life, you really want to live that Christian life, want to live that beautiful, peaceful, joyful life that God has given to us in Christ Jesus, you need to take it upon yourself to know what the gospel truly means. Now, without the gospel, we are without the gospel, we are not Christians. Without, I mean, what I mean is that we cannot be Christians. Without the gospel, we cannot be believers. So, what is the gospel? Right? What is the gospel? And I think it's a message that is fantastic that we need to uh, start the year with. You know, to live a life, a different Christian life in the year 2022, a unique one, a better one in the year 2022. So before I go into what the gospel is, I want to call out a few things that the gospel is not. Right? So the gospel is not, a, is not the doctrine of a church. Don't forget I said, without the gospel, you and I can, wouldn't be believers. And some people think they are believers because they go to church or because they were born in the church, but they are not because they have not believed the gospel. I'm going to get into those details later on. I'm only trying to lay foundation. So in this Sunday, I'm going to be laying foundation. I don't know how long I'm going to be teaching this for. Two weeks, three weeks. I, know yet, I don't know yet. Right. So let me try to lay the foundation. So many people who may be watching me today who think they are Christians may not be one because they don't know what the gospel is. Because what makes you a believer is the gospel. Amen. What makes you a believer is the gospel. And the gospel is not a bad news the gospel is not a bad news but before i begin to unpack the bad news uh, element of what what the gospel is not let me also try to say something here now the gospel is not about how to make it in life right the gospel is not about how to make it in life i feel we should go into romans chapter 10. let's read let's read romans 10 verse 10 to 15 Romans 10 10 so I didn't prepare for this but I'm just going to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in the way we should go this morning Amen now so Romans 10 10 is here or oh, should I take it earlier uh, let me I'm trying to scroll up to see if um, okay let's take it from 5 it's going to be a long read a little bit but I'll, 
let me take you on this ride on this journey it's not a sprint is a is a journey right not a marathon either but we get there at some point amen so let's go to verse 5 of romans 10. so i'm reading from the niv it reads moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law the person who does these things will live by them but the righteousness that is by faith says do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven that is to bring christ down or who will descend into the deep that is to bring christ up from the dead but what does it say the word is near you it is in your mouth and in your heart that is the message concerning faith that we pro that we proclaim if you declare with your mouth jesus is lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Now, if you connect these verses together, the previous verses and down to verse 15, you realize what the Bible says that it, you know, how a person believes, how a person become a follower of Christ, how a person is saved, how a person receives the righteousness that comes from the Lord, which means the right to stand before God without a sense of condemnation or shame. How you receive that right, how you receive that righteousness, that right to stand before God is through the good news. And how you uh, take in the good news, right, to receive that right is by believing in your heart and confessing what God has done for you in Christ Jesus or who Jesus is. Amen. And declaring him as Lord over your life. Amen. So the Bible is telling us here what the good news is, which I'm going to pack much more. Right. So let's all that thoughts there. And I'm going to build on that in, the, in today. If I have a chance to get there or the time to get there and the coming weeks. Amen. So don't forget this. I'm just still trying to lay foundation. So I'm not even, I've not really, really started yet. So the good news, you know, we've seen from the Bible that there's something called the good news in there. And the good news there is relates to the gospel. So I'm going to come down to that shortly. It's talking about what the gospel is not. So the gospel is not uh, is not a man's opinion. It's not a church doctrine, right? So many people think they they are Christians, but they may be surprised that they are not because they have not believed the gospel. Because it is in believing the gospel and confessing the gospel that people are saved. The Bible says that how can they believe except they hear, and how can they hear except someone preaches? So whatever a church is preaching that does that's not focused on what God has done in Christ Jesus is not the gospel. So there are many songs out there 
and um, some of which have a commercial motivation behind it. So they put the name or the tag Christian or they put God or they sing Hallelujah. And as a result, many Christians think those are gospel songs. That's not true. So if a, if a song is not focused on a few things I'm going to be sharing with you in the coming weeks, right? it's not the gospel. So the fact that somebody sings Hallelujah doesn't mean they are singing a gospel song. And the fact that somebody says God, Holy Spirit, doesn't mean they are singing the gospel song. So we need to know what the gospel is to be able to recognize what the gospel song is. Many people are piping in unbelief, condemnation, judgment into their homes, into their heart. True songs which are called gospel. Now, if you are from a Nigerian descent, or African descent, and you've attended some African church, you hear things like, everything is double-double. God will give you double-double. Those are nonsense. I tried to, I was like, Lord, I said, okay, that's coming out not nice, right? I said, I'll try to be nice this morning. For you to say God will give you double for your trouble, and somebody somebody composed that as a gospel song, and we consider that as a gospel song, we have been deceived. All those double-double songs are not gospel songs. And many songs we sing in the church are not... Uh, <laughs> they are not gospel songs, not in our church here, because I screen the songs we, we sing in the church here. Not that all of them are perfect, but they have some element, a good number of elements of the gospel. Amen. Are we good? You need any help with anything? Okay. Uh, maybe just one. Okay. Good. Praise God. Don't worry. We just we just go with that. Good. Right. So many of the songs that many churches sing are not gospel. When you hear things like. Pass me by, not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. When on orders thou art calling, do not pass me by. That's not a gospel song. Right? Because that song does not tell you what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. Or, or the effect of what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. Right? It, it puts you in a position of a kind of a beggar, begging God. But don't forget... What we from the passage we read, talking about righteousness, the right to stand before God without a sense of condemnation or guilt. Many believers today are walking in condemnation and guilt because they thought or because of what they had. They were preached condemnation, not the gospel. Amen. So the gospel is not condemnation. The gospel message is not a message to make you feel inferior. So any message or sermon that makes you feel inferior to God and does not give you the confidence to approach God is not the gospel. Regardless of how long the man of God has been preaching the gospel or how reputable is, um, is re how reputable he is in Christian circles. The gospel may rebuke you telling you about telling you about your misconduct that does not align with the character and the nature of God inside of you, right? But the gospel will never condemn you. The gospel will never tell you you are good for nothing. Now, the gospel is not bad news. And the bad news, there are many. Right? So the gospel is not a news, not example of bad news now. It's not a news about the punishment of God. That God will punish you. You know, First John 4 tells us that, you know, let's go there. First John 4. 18 1 John 4 18 it reads 
said there's no fear in love but, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment fear has to do with punishment so if a person is constantly afraid of the punishment of god they have not had the gospel i repeat if a person is constantly afraid of the punishment of god they don't know the gospel because the gospel is not a bad news the gospel is not the news of horror of threat of condemnation that's not a gospel so obviously we can tell now that if the gospel the gospel is not bad news good news but i'm gonna unpack the good news uh shortly so the gospel is not a gospel of punishment romans chapter 8 uh romans chapter 5 let's go there romans chapter 5 verse 8 my my bible app is very slow this morning okay i guess internet oh okay there um streaming wise good right romans chapter 5 verse 8 oh you know what guys i think i should just i should switch to my mobile um data then if that will help us this morning so romans 5 8 now it reads but god demonstrates his own love for us in this why were yes where was this sinners? as christ died for us uh let me see if i can break it out so verse 9 says since we have now been justified by his blood how much more shall we be saved from god's wrath through him so the bible is telling telling us here about the love of god how god loved us loved us and still love us how god loved us even while we're still sinners so if while you were sinners god loved you right so what now makes you think that now that you are a child of god he would punish you bring wrath into your life bring problem into your life no that equation does not add up that equation is there's something wrong with that equation and that perspective and this is not to condemn anyone it's because that we have been taught wrongly and i had the privilege to lead a, a guy to christ a few i think about um just over a year ago now and after one year this guy was still standing is still standing in the truth about the goodness and the kindness of god but many people who have been christians long before him 20 25 years are still struggling with the punishment of god the fear of punishment of god you know why they were not taught the gospel so many people start their christian journey with an excitement in christ jesus then they go to church and when they get to church the church start telling them the 54 things they need to do for god to bless them the 54 things they need to do for god to like them the 54 things for, for, for them to do for god to for god to be happy with them the sacrifices they have to pay so that heavens can be open unto them what nonsense so you did not pay any sacrifice for God to accept you as his own child, for God to love you, for Jesus to come and die for you. So now that you're a child of God, you then need to pay some sacrificial offering for heavens to be opened over you. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And this is not to condemn anyone. It's the false teaching that we have received. 
the wrong message we have been taught. So many of us, though we think we are Christians, or we are Christians, do not know the gospel. Someone is saying that, Pastor Tony, you're going to offend a lot of people because you are saying that what the message they are teaching is nonsense. I'm glad you said that the message, <laughs> the message they are teaching is nonsense. I didn't say they are nonsense. It is nonsense. It makes no sense. So don't try to pick to put um, to pick on my words. I will say it over and over again. You know, I'm not, when I'm when I'm stressing some words, my choice of words in this kind of instance, it tells you I'm not angry. I'm not speaking out of emotions. It does not make any sense. And instead of people to attack me, just repent. Go and find out the truth. It makes no sense. Let's go to Romans chapter five and eight, eight and nine again, and let's just read it. The Bible says, I didn't write it, it's the Bible. Friends, can we be very clear on something? It's either we are a Christian or we are not. See, there are no shades to Christianity. There are no versions of Christianity. Christianity is just one. We have one Father, one Lord, one Spirit. It's one. The division in the body of Christ today is because we do not have uh, a, a biblical view of what the gospel is we don't have a central understanding you know united understanding of what the gospel is and this is not to condemn anyone we are all growing in our christian walk not many of us were exposed to sound teachers so people give us something and we took it in but god is saying to you that this is time for you to grow you got to go into the bible and find out the truth i was attending a conference a long time ago and um, some of the members of my church at that time attended the, attended the conference with me then on sunday i overheard the, the ladies speaking at the bookshop and they were quoting what the man said they were quoting the scriptures through the mouth of the man the man you know touched the word of god i mean at the conference the, the man who was hosting one of the main speakers at the conference was sharing the gospel was speaking the gospel but when these women go to church you know how they interpreted it the man said and i was like no the man did not say the bible says so what am i trying to say such women perhaps they were not exposed to sound teachers right they did not know the bible they were not raised as disciples and many of us many of us christians are in this position whereby we believe that once we are christians that's it once we give our life to christ that's it we're not taught that we got to be disciples we got to be students of the bible so this is not to condemn anyone right many of us were not exposed to sound teachers so we believe just anything right and this is where christianity start challenging some people i mean this is where some people start getting challenged in their christian faith and as i'm speaking to you some people are feeling very uncomfortable because now they real now they are beginning to see that they may have to start questioning everything they have believed and yes you have to do that uh, you know, when I started this journey, it was very uncomfortable for me to question what somebody, one bishop, has taught and find, try to find out in the Bible if it is correct. But it's a good practice for every believer. Even what I'm teaching you, you got to go into, look in the Bible, look at the pretext, the context, the post-text, to see whether what I say is making sense. You know, I can easily say, also say to you that you got to check if what I'm teaching you is making sense, if it makes any Bible sense. So let us not take Christianity personal. See, Christianity is about your life. It's about your life and your relationship with God. Your relationship with God should not be hooked on a man of God or a woman of God. Amen. Amen. So Romans chapter 5, verse 8 to 9. 
Now, the Bible says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. Why we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Are you getting that? When you were still sinners, unworthy of God, Christ died for you. God came in the person of Jesus Christ to die for your sins, to pay for your sins, to remove the barrier between you and himself. While you were not good or worthy at all, he saw you worth dying for. What's the highest price a person can pay for somebody else other than to die so that that person can continue to live and exist and they cease to exist? I'm now speaking from a human natural perspective because the death of Jesus is beyond that, right? Because Jesus is alive today. But let's look at it. In this world, what's the biggest gift someone can give to you? God forbid you did something wrong and somebody give and you are given a death sentence. Right? Because this, the offense you committed is what is, is, is what death sentence. And spiritually, it is. Let, let me not even touch, let me not go there. Now, so that I don't confuse us. I don't give us too much to think about. You know, uh, let, let's, let's try to unpack this gospel, good news and bad news thing. God forbid somebody committed an offense and the penalty for that offense is death sentence. What do you think will be the highest price that person, uh, the best gift that person can get? I mean, in, the, in their world, you know, when it comes to death, death, a lot of people are afraid, you know, like, well, like, is this the hand for them? And somebody came in and said, you know what? I'm going to take their place. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to take that person's place. I will die so that they continue to live. So Jesus, God, why you, you and I were deserving of death? In this instance, spiritual death, eternal separation from God. He came to the world to take our place. He bore the sins of the world on himself so that you and I can live, can be forever united with the Father. That was even when we didn't even see a need for someone to come and die for us. That was even when we didn't see a need for us to be saved. That's when we didn't even see that we're enemies of God. Now, after you give me your life to Christ and you receive the life of God, now tell me, how does it make sense that while you were deserving death, punishment, eternal separation from God, someone died for you? So why is it now that is why is it now that after you give me your life to Christ, you didn't have to do 54 things for God to be happy with you? 54 things for God to like you. 54 things for God to save you. It makes no sense. Amen. Amen. So we have to get it that if we are afraid of God, if we are afraid of God's punishment, and we are trying to appease the wrath of God by human effort, by sacrificial offering, and some other kind of nonsense that we've been taught, if we are trying to do those things, do you know what we are doing? We are, we are believed a gospel that is not the gospel of Christ. And we are living in the punish we are living under the fear of punishment. We are not living in the love of God. Because the Bible makes us to understand according to 1 Corinthians uh, 1 John 4:18 there that perfect love casts out fear. So if we are still afraid it's because we have not come to really understand the love of God as the Bible tells us here that God demonstrates his own love his own love towards us. We don't understand that love because if you understand the love of God before we give our life to Christ, I mean, the love of God that made Jesus to come and die for you 
prior to you receiving salvation, if you know what it is, after giving your life to Christ, you will not doubt God. You will not doubt God's goodness and kindness. You will not, you will not be doing ungodly things to impress God because you know what the gospel is. Amen. If this message is, you know, is sounding very new to many of us, we should replay the message over and over until we get it. This is still, this is still intro. So the gospel is not the point, it's not about the punishment of God. Because God is not out there to punish people. God will punish ungodliness because he's going to punch the earth and heavens of ungodliness. I mean, when I say heavens, I mean the spiritual realm. Of ungodliness, of wickedness. God is not after people. When it comes to purging the earth and the heavens of ungodliness, of wickedness, his goal is not people. His target is not people. It's the wickedness. Evil. Amen. So, it's not about the wrath of God. So, the goodness is not about the wrath of God. It's not about the punishment of God. Amen. Amen. And the good, and sorry, and the gospel is not about the a misrepresentation of God's character or nature. All of these are in the bad news. You know, if it is not pleasant, if there's anything you hear about God that's not pleasant, it's bad news. That's what I'm trying to say. And there are loads and loads and loads of examples of bad news that people hear from time to time. Some do they sound good. They sound exciting because you have to bribe your way out to make God like you, to make God love you, right? So you think you have a ticket to make God like you, to make God bless you. But it's not true. They've told you a lie. So you had no input in your salvation, right? To be completely accepted as a child of God. Now people are telling you that you need to then do some things for God to like you. It makes no sense. You need to do some things for God not to punish you. It doesn't make sense. The Bible talks about an, a, a wrath to come in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. But the Bible is saying that you will not be affected by that wrath because that wrath is coming on ungodliness. But you do not have the identity of the people that will be affected by that wrath. Now, don't forget I said, the wrath of God is coming against wickedness, ungodliness, devil, demons, evil things. But people will carry the DNA, will choose to retain the DNA, the spiritual identity of evil, of the devil. People will reject Christ, right? Such people will be affected. But don't forget in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4 that the Bible tells us that God does not want anybody to perish but all to come to the knowledge of him. He wants all to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So if God does not want any to perish, right? So it, it definitely means that God is not after people to destroy them, to punish them. Jesus said, I came to save the lost. He said, it's not the well, the people who are well in their health, that needs a doc the physician or a doctor, but people who are not well. People who do not know God. He came to seek and save the lost. Jesus said, my father and I are one. He said, my meat, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Is to do the will of God. What's the will of God? To seek and save the lost. 
So God is not after people to destroy, to punish people. God is not after people to kill, to, to punish them with cancer, to punish them with something. No, that is not God's character. Amen. That is not God's character. And so there's so many messages in the world today like, you know what, God, God will allow you to go through this so that I can teach you a lesson. It's, not, it's nonsense. So the... I think the, 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 my, my choice of word that we, that we get a, a spank this week is nonsense. It's nonsense. How can someone who is all about delivering you from the power of darkness now put you through, put you through evil, subject you to danger because he wants to teach you a lesson? So as he ran out of all options, all tools, all resources in heaven he has run so he has run out of all possible resources in in heaven so is so permit me to use this word so god has now he has exhausted all the wisdom he has that he now stood so low to the level of the devil and invite the devil to come and punish you so that he can teach you a lesson or get your attention it makes no sense preach it makes no it makes no sense so myself as a father it means that i've lost all my senses all my senses all my intelligence all the wisdom that god has given to me because my child is not getting the message so i then go and speak to robbers thieves and say you know kidnap my child beat the hell out of him because i want him to hear my message that kind of father is insane insane amen amen I think some of us think we are better than God. Uh, and we don't express it in such terms. And that's why God especially anointed me. Some people get offended that. Especially anointed me to help you to interpret your actions. Amen. Amen. I have, a, I have an anointing there. You know, many, many times when, when people are doing some stuff and I'm telling them the reason why they are doing those things, they still kind of argue with me. And I said, let's leave it for another few days. And they're like, you know, you're right, you know. When I thought about it, I realized that actually I'm doing this because of that. So I have an anointing in that area. So I might be bragging this morning. Yeah, I brag in the Lord. Hallelujah. Some of us think that we are better than God. How? So, we will not do harm to our children. We think we have a better way of communicating things to our children. We believe we are more intelligent than God. Yes, that's what we're doing. When we expect God or believe that God has brought evil into our lives, using evil practices, using oppression and depression of the enemy to teach us a lesson or to get our attention, what we will not do. So, we, 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 in our own mind, we are proud. I know we don't, we don't, we don't say that way, so don't feel bad about it, but I'm telling you, I'm interpreting our actions towards by the help of the Holy Ghost this morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We are proud. We think we are better than God. I won't do that to my kid, but God is punishing me because I want to get my attention. How nonsensical way we are thinking. Hallelujah. It's not our fault, it's what we've been told. What we've been taught. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, Jesus, help me. I mean, I, I, I was talking to my friend yesterday, Pastor Dio, was attending this conference and I said, yeah, we have a lot of work to do because a lot of people have believed nonsense and um, and the evil they've allowed in their life as a result of their wrong beliefs is affecting their kids and generation and this thing they are spreading like virus. Amen. So some of us think that we, we, we are better than God. We can do better. Than... Are you kidding me? I've got eight minutes to go. Goodness. Amen. Right. So, um, guys, okay, I'm not going to rush this. I'm going to take this as a ride because uh, we need to dig into the root of our way of thinking. 
Right. So um, now Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says that how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Let's go to John chapter 5 verse 19. Does that say John? Yeah. Um, sorry, uh, okay. John, John 5 19, yes. John 5 19. Let's read this carefully. Amen. I'm trying to slow down so that we can read this because you need to eat this. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you. The son can do nothing by himself. He can do only. Somebody say only. Only. He can do only what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus does only what he sees his father do. So show me in the Bible where Jesus cast demon on people to teach them a lesson. Or Jesus brought harm into a, into a person's life because he wants to teach them a lesson. Show me. Because we seem, it's, we seem to separate God from Jesus. Jesus seems to be the nice guy and God the bad God. Jesus said, myself and my father, we are one. We think alike, we do alike. And what Jesus does are the things that he sees God do. So, if Jesus ever saw God bring evil into people's life to teach them a lesson, then he could have done likewise. But Jesus only do what he sees his father do. And we learn in the book of um, Acts chapter 10 verse 38 that Jesus went about doing good. Because God was with him. So, every contrary news we have heard about the gospel or about God to doing good, they are not the gospel. So, any message or sermon you may have had in your church this morning, if you are watching us from, if you are a member of another church, or you have heard from a Christian group about the book of Revelation, and all manner of garbage that heavily surrounds us. Anything that is contrary to good is not is bad news, it's not the gospel. You know, someone was saying to me, and we had a bit of issue with the person. Um, but you know, I'm always a nice guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was talking about the goodness and the kindness of God. Let's please we'll go to Romans 2:10 very shortly. I was talking about the goodness and the kindness of God. And the lady said, we got to be careful that we don't talk too much about the goodness and the kindness of God. Because people begin to take God for granted and they begin to sin. I said, I don't understand that. Because I know about the goodness and the kindness of God. And the more I know about the goodness and the kindness of God, the less I want to sin. The less I want to do something stupid. Because the more you understand the value and the words that God placed on you for it, for him to come and die for you in the person of Jesus Christ. See, the more you appreciate it, the more you see it in the right context, in the context that it is, the more you want to give yourself to the Father. 
in even in our marriage today, you know, I said earlier on that sometimes some of us we think we think we see ourselves to be better than God, but we, that, we don't say it in those words. Even in marriage, or we see ourselves more intelligent and wisdom than wise than God, because even in marriages, right, the more a wife understands how deadly in love, badly in love, her husband is to her, is 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 to her. The more she gives herself to the man. One of the things that drives marriage, strength in marriage, is how much the other parties express their love for each other, commitment to each other, support for each other, standing by each other. You know, our prayer, prayer meeting this morning when my wife was talking about the pep talk I gave her uh, on our way uh, on our way on Friday. You know, something you know, she wasn't getting some stuff, and uh, she's looking, she's giving it, she's giving it this eye, this look now. <laughs> <laughs> and I could see all the tantrums, all the things in there. Oh, oh, oh. I was like, baby, are you okay? Baby, I think we need to talk. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about it yesterday. I was like, no, that's not what I want to talk about. <laughs> that was funny on Friday. <laughs> but I know what the problem is. <laughs> I, uh, we talked about it. So what else do we want to talk about? She, 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 wasn't, she wasn't mean. No, you can get it at you. What else do want to talk about? I was like, you know, you don't know what I want to talk about. But we talked about it yesterday. I said, no, you don't know. So when I started, see, that's as an assumption. It was funny. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> oh, Lord, you help me. And I was just having fun because I know what the situation was. And this is my wife. I got to protect her. I got to help her. I got to strengthen her. Because it's when she's strengthened, when she's happy that I'm happy. Right? And, you know, Yesterday she came to give me a hug. I, I knew where it was coming from. I was like, you know, because I've done some good job, right? She, my wife says, she, I was able to express more how much I love her, right? And she, she, my wife is amazing. Very supportive, very helpful. She helps me a lot. I get to me. So, uh, if you ask my wife, say, how is it? I, 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 captain. I say, she's, he's good. You know, when your wife says, he is good, it means, uh, yeah, you're doing a good job, right? But when you ask your wife, uh, once people ask your wife, how's your husband doing? Uh, he's fine. Uh, he's, 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 he's somewhere there. Uh, we want to check yourself. Amen. So, the more we express love for one another in our marriage, it's not enough for you to say, I love my wife, I love her. You got to show it. So, the more we express love for one another, genuine sincere love for one another, we realize that our home, our marriage are stronger. Right? And um, so, we then think that, you know, Okay, I was trying to connect this with the, the with the with what I was talking about earlier, but like, let me put it this way so that we we can get out of this very quickly. I don't take too much of our time this morning. So, likewise, when it comes to working with God, right? When it comes to giving ourselves to God, when it comes to people sinning or not sinning, the more we realize how much God loves us, how much He cares about us, we the more we are able to discover because God is always showing to us, but we are the one not saying it. But the more we are patient and we are patient and we calmly try to understand this and we see it, the more we give ourselves to God and we'll not be thinking in spiritual infidelity. When I say spiritual infidelity, I'm talking about trying to believe another gospel or trying to do something so that God can like you. So you're trying to seduce and entice God. I'm using some strong words this morning. Yes. So some of us think God is not God doesn't love us enough. So we need to do some stuff to, to manipulate and twist in him, get him by force to love you. A marriage relationship doesn't work on the manipulation, doesn't grow on manipulation because what both parties will feel used. But the funny thing is that God's love for us is unconditional, cannot change. So we are the one being affected by not understanding how much God loves us. 
And I was trying to explain to that lady I was talking about earlier on that it is in telling people how much God loves them and how much he's done for them that people would, dis- would dissociate themselves from sin. Because it gets to a point to say, you know what, if you can see the worth and the value you carry, you're like, me, do this. Me that God died for. I that was washed by the blood of Jesus. I that has been delivered from the power of darkness. I come and sleep with you. Are you mad? So if somebody is enticing another man's wife to come and sleep with them, right, and they know how much their husband loves them, and they don't understand the value and the word they carry, and somebody's telling you, you know, I think you look attractive. Like, are you out of your mind? Are you well? You're trying to get at me. What are you thinking? Do you think I don't understand the value and the word I carry? What can you offer? What my spouse gives me is more... Is way is unconditional, is real. What you are trying to offer me is deception. You are trying to use me to fill your fantasy. To feel you know, when you on so when you understand the truth and the value and what is original, when fake comes and appears, you, you, you call it fake and unoriginal. So, what am I trying to say? Likewise, when we know how much God loves us and sin and the devil is tempting us with something, or some men of God are trying to seduce us into a kind of weird and ungodly relationship all in the name of the gospel we reject it because we know what the original looks like and we understand the measure of god's love for us so the manipulation in the in 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 the christian circle today to a very much extent you know is connected in the fact that people have had the bad news not the good news amen so that's only bad news that we're talking about this sunday you know, I've not even started talking about, I've, I know I've talked a few things about the goodness, but I also need to unpack it. Amen. So anything that brings fear of punishment, shame, anger, you know, separation from God, these are all bad news. They are not good news. They are not the gospel. Amen. Romans 2.10, as I close. Now it says, But glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew and Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. Um, am I reading the right one? Is it verse 4? Let me read verse 4. Now, verse 4 says, or do, you, or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? You know, I said sometimes that we, look, we think we are better than God. The wisdom of God is if we can show people his kindness. Help them to understand how much kind it is to us. It will lead them to repentance. So the people who head up in hell are the people who reject Christ Jesus, which means it's by choice. And rejected the kindness of God and choose to go in the way that of their own. You know, choosing to be their savior of themselves. So the grace of God cannot save them on the last day. Because they choose to save themselves by rejecting the kindness of God. But in God's wisdom, it is his kindness that will lead people to repentance. His kindness is to help people to see how much he loves and cares about them. And as I try to use marriage as an illustration, the more a person sees how much their, 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 their spouse loves them, cares about them, protects them, right? 
it, it fosters it should it should lead them into staying in that marriage you know building that marriage not looking elsewhere but people can still choose to look elsewhere despite the fact they have the original in their home and they reap, they will definitely reap the consequence the repercussion of that amen all right um, i hope that blesses you guys next week we continue and um we try to start unpacking uh what the bad news what the what good news is like i've tried to like express stuff to us i you know a lot of things i share with us are not things i kind of really planned and i was just gonna i was i was going to spend about 10-15 you know, minutes on the bad news and that 10-15 minutes on the good news and wrap up but it isn't gone that way i feel good want to speak to people there's some things i called out that really kind of uh you know inspired me blessed me too so i can't wait to listen to this again and uh, take those um those lines when i was talking about nonsense because i was like as i was saying with you i was like oh that's true that's nonsense truly right so sometimes when i or many times when i'm teaching you guys i'm, I'm also learning some things for the first time or i ultimately illustrations that come out i'm like ah blessing me too you know sometimes i'm teaching i'm like i wish i could be taking out right but because i'm streaming live or because i'm i have an audience facing me i can't say oh, okay wait on let me take my notes and then i'll continue so thank you for technology we can watch again and take notes amen praise god